Money FM 89.3, best of workday afternoon. Market View on Money FM 89.3. Good afternoon and welcome to Market View on Money FM 89.3. I'm Clarissa Montero, joined by JP Ong. Today is SG Budget 2020 Day. In a couple of hours, we're going to be starting to hear the preambles and we're going to drill down and actually get the budget. Before we get there, yesterday, um, very late apparently, Minister Heng Sui Kiet actually put out an Instagram post that was talking about how difficult it was to prepare for this particular budget because of how fast-moving conditions were with COVID-19 and how to make sure that everyone would get what they need during this challenging time. He also praised um, his colleagues in the other ministries for being nimble and uh, moving with the changes that were coming almost every day. Yeah, nimble is the right word. I mean, the novel coronavirus or COVID-19, as we're calling it now, um, really started to ramp up sometime in the second week of January. And usually by that time, you've got a basic idea of how the budget might have been, especially for planning for a budget for for an entire nation, especially Mm -hmm. a city state like Singapore. So there had to be some last minute adjustments. And the other thing, too, is many folks have and even economists, strategists have pointed out that it's going to be very difficult to really ascertain what the possible economic impact of the virus is going to be on various sectors, from manufacturing to tourism to airlines to retail, and even various countries might be uh, suffering from varying degrees of Mm -hmm. exposure to the novel coronavirus. Singapore very much linked to the Chinese economy, which could slow to 3.5% in the first quarter if Credit Agricole's particular economists get get it right on the button, right? So, again, it's uh, it's not surprising for him to actually comment that. And uh, and the, the fact that he actually was seemed a bit... Uh, a bit less frazzled when he made that pronouncement, when he made that statement. I mean, it's also very impressive that he's managed to keep his cool about it. But nevertheless, um, you know, there's there's a, there's a lot you have to adjust. And, and nimble is the right word. Everybody needs to start adjusting to it also. I think the forecast and the, and the projections all had to be revised or just over the course of the last two weeks. And this might not, not be the last of the revisions we might see because who knows? if Will we see another spike in cases? Will we see another industry suddenly say, hey, you know what? We're going to get affected too. Um, we're seeing markets, for instance, today is selling off because Apple has finally admitted that they might not meet their sales targets this year because of the novel coronavirus or COVID-19 impacting consumer sentiment and also impacting some of their supply chains. So when you've got a tech bellwether like Apple saying that and someone and a company whose uh, supply chain is so overreaching across the rest of the world, it's something that makes markets across the region take note, which is also why um, uh, Wall Street, in fact, looks a bit wobbly at the end of, uh, well, why sentiment, at least in Wall Street, looks a bit wobbly leading into the their session today, and also why markets across Asia are more or less in the red, except for, um, well, actually, China's in the red again today. So everybody is uh, selling off also on that news. And here in Singapore, you've got to worry about some of the warnings that Apple voiced out overnight, and also this budget that's coming up later on. So how big is it going to be? What are the numbers? What kind of support will we see because of COVID-19? We'll have to figure it out. But whether it's going to work, I mean, it might be too early to tell. Because, again, these, the details surrounding COVID-19, its economic and social impact, I mean, it's changing every day. Okay, so we've got the 
SG Budget 2020 coming out today, and that will follow with a series of discussions in Parliament from the different ministers about what their particular ministries will need. Um, And I think that is where we'll see some of the changes as well. One of the ministries, because of what my show's focus is on, is my personal interest is what MCCY is going to be doing for the less fortunate Mm -hmm. here in Singapore. They're going to be badly hit. Are they going to get the assistance they need to ride out the tough times? Yes, of course, businesses need the support. Yes, of course. SMEs will need some support as well. SMEs will need um, some support. But the most vulnerable in any community are our less fortunate, Mm -hmm. our disenfranchised. And um, are they going to get the assistance and support that they need as well? It's going to be something I'm particularly looking at. Mm, I think uh, that, that's something uh, that's, that's fair to ascertain also, because if it does result in job losses, this could affect that particular trend of the social strata, including the middle income. So, And from an economic point of view also, keep in mind that these are low, low to mid-income folks. They're also a significant chunk of consumer sentiment here in, in Singapore. We haven't really touched on what it might do to consumer sentiment mm-hmm. moving forward forward, the COVID-19 outbreak has kept a lot of folks indoors, in quarantine, being very cautious in part because of some of the continued pronouncements and reminders of the government to stay safe, avoid some of these uh, some of these uh, crowded spaces, wash your hands, don't go out unnecessarily. Um, It's obviously evidently going to impact some of the retailers. In fact, some of the F&B folks have said that uh, they are fearing possible closures if it continues to hit some of their revenues. But that revenue is going to come from some of uh, from every from uh, all Singaporeans across the strata, middle income, low income as well. If they're staying indoors and saying, you know, we're going to tighten our belts, especially if they also lose their jobs, that's going to be more belt tightening. And that's going to translate into weaker consumer sentiment down the road. And uh, and uh, I think these are some of the things you, that, uh, you know, economic managers here have to be proactive about and anticipate that, you know, this could have a, a chain reaction down, down the road, maybe not uh, this this month, but maybe the next two or three months. But actually, we're already seeing signs of that also. We've heard anecdotes from Venn, for instance, about mm. uh, how some uh, malls and how some restaurants are half full, if they're even lucky, half full at the moment. Yep. So and if that have continues, you not been going out then? Actually, you know, I've been a bit a uh, bit of a naughty boy. <laughs> I've been. <laughs> I have been uh, I have been going out, but very prudently also. Um, right. uh, you know, I c- couldn't resist wa- not watching Bombshell over the weekend. Uh, okay. <laughs> but uh, priorities. Other, priorities, but then, uh, but yes, I mean, uh, at the same time, it's it's hard to. I, I guess the the as an individual, we have to be cautious. But I think uh, it's also important to make sure that we don't let this derail our day-to-day lives too significantly also. Of course, you should avoid going out frivolously and unnecessarily, but you know, if, if, if uh, your day-to-day life also consists of uh, perhaps coming out for a quick meal every so often and taking a simple joy, I think you can always do that with some precaution, right? You know, I have been doing that. Ah. Um, I have been going out. I have been doing the needful to continue to, to live my life and mask-free. Hmm. Uh, not because I'm insane or suicidal or any of those things, but because I really, truly believe in the government's messaging. And I also believe that they are working at least as hard as they can be to connect with business owners and, you know, using a local term, how case here, hmm. to ensure that people don't lose their jobs, that, that you hold on to that staff, because for however many months this COVID-19 might be, Uh, We'll get to the other side of it. You'll need that staff again when 
things turn around, mm-hmm. which they will. We are already on this bumpy road, and yeah. there's going to be some pavement ahead. But is it going to be one kilometer down? Is it going to be half a uh, hundred kilometers down? We don't really know, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, every time we get an indication that maybe. The spread of this outbreak across the world has slowed down. We have seen it start to pick up again. And suddenly you see some spikes of cases, perhaps because of a change in methodology from mainland China, for instance. But, the, but there are concerns that this, it's a question of how long can you wait it out? And uh, does the government have enough uh, ammunition or perhaps some, enough room to provide support or buffers while we're waiting this out? Because, yes, you know, I mean, maybe the reality is this could be here for a couple of months. Mm-hmm. But uh, tell that to the lower income uh, individual who's losing, who might be them, losing yeah. their job or yep. who might be seeing lower income, the shop house owner, for instance, or the, the hawker or the operator of the, of the food stall in the hawker center who might who's worried about whether or not they could meet that rent later on. You know, and so uh, so the it, it measures need to be introduced, I think. And I, I, think I, I don't think I don't think the economic managers here are. are oblivious to that as well. And and we'll just have to see what exactly the game plan is. Well, we'll we'll have to see what the budget holds for those planners and those business owners and if it will be enough relief and support for them so that they can provide relief and support to their staff that might be very free right now. And we also hope that if there is relief extended to some of the... uh, Some, some of the SMEs and some of these uh, uh, businesses that they do cascade it down to their employees or it's Absolutely. also cascaded down to some of the individuals who might be affected or are intrinsically linked to their operations or their well-being and their survival. But clearly yeah. an indication of how very, very difficult getting it right is Carrie Lam out in Hong Kong has had a lot of criticism about how her government, her administration has been handling uh, the COVID-19 outbreak. And um, she's just Hong Kong's just increased the amount of money they're going to throw at the problem. Uh, yeah. but, but is that enough? Is that too late? Well, this Will is, they need more? Well, I think this is their form of budget stimulus. Hong Kong also has massive uh, fiscal reserves and, uh, and, and, uh, and, and coffers also to throw money at the problem. They've, it's also because of prudence that that city has also practiced over the course of the last two, three decades also. But it's, 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 fair, it's a fair question to ask because what complicates things also is that this, uh, this uh, COVID-19 outbreak and its impact on On businesses out in Hong Kong, we've heard of a number of uh, expatriate businesses there who've already started to wonder if it's time to leave Hong Kong. But this also is coming on the back of, what, seven, eight months of, uh, of protests out in Hong Kong? It ranges back to June of last year, right. which, already, which plunged the economy there into a, into a recession already. Right. And now you've got this COVID-19 outbreak that they have to deal with. They also have their own issues and worries. Uh, Peter Chun from Silverback Capital, we spoke to last week, uh, voiced out that uh, there's a there's a slightly higher level of stress right now we're seeing in Hong Kong from day to day life. Not maybe not that much dissimilar from what we're seeing here because let's face it, uh, people are also a little less relaxed, I think. Mm-hmm. And it's really and this is what I mean about the social impact also, not just in terms of the lives that have been lost, but also how it's disrupted day to day life. Which again brings us back to consumer sentiment. If people are on edge, if people are are wary or not taking risks, if people are not going out there and consuming as much because they're just not in the mood to do it, do it you know, this is going to ultimately hit consumer sentiment, which will filter into the shops, which will filter into jobs. You know, you want to nip this at the bud before it gets any worse, right? Okay, here's an interesting <clears throat> question. Because I, I go back to this statement I make all the time. Somebody is losing money, somebody is making money, right? Now, the shops are, are emptier than we're used to seeing them. Restaurants are probably not serving as many people 
as we as they would like to be at this point. They're, they're a little bit quieter across the board in malls, maybe even in hotels. However, then how are all our delivery services doing from our food deliveries to our grocery deliveries? Is there an uptick in those businesses? I think they've noticed some uh, significant, uh, some notable increases in that demand mm-hmm. here. It's a, it's similar to what we're seeing in China, where they've just taken off like a rocket. Also, I, personally, I do feel a little bit concerned this time for delivery folks because they are going to be the ones now in the in the front lines. Or you don't know how many deliveries that person has made, especially if there's been a higher demand. If he's been to a house that may be suspect of, of contamination. I'm sure businesses uh, are take the utmost care in making sure that they are also disinfected. And but but these folks, they're they're making uh, what thirty trips a day, maybe forty trips sure. at the moment, and uh, and they're going all across the across the island. Also, I, I I do worry about them individually. But as businesses go, um, there has been an increase. I think some delivery outposts have also mentioned though that the, the that the demand is so high that there might they're be they're having trouble. They're meeting. having a lot of trouble meeting them. In fact, I think some of them also mentioned that they are. Are willing to take on short-term employees who have been affected by the novel coronavirus, who want to help them bolster some of these uh, or meet some of this uh, this the spike in delivery demand. Yeah. They're, they're worth looking at at the moment, and perhaps one of those few bright spots in, in the markets. We've seen Meituan Jinping, for instance, out in China, uh, their share prices actually rise significantly. Tencent, Alibaba, and especially their, their delivery services that they support also rise, rise significantly. But, uh, you know, it, I think it's just one of the few bright spots at the moment. I don't think they're re- – I, I doubt that they're raking in – hordes of uh, chests of gold at the moment. Well, we'll we'll have to wait and see because Mm -hmm. I know it's certainly getting harder and harder to get um, my delivery, grocery deliveries within a couple of days. I mean, my my booking dates now are a week away. Mm -hmm. That's that's annoying because I've had to change the way that I plan my consumption. And you've also got to, you can't plan it on the dot on the day you've got it. You you have to give it a couple of days in advance. Yeah, I Mm. I have to actually look ahead and see what will I run out of in a week. Ah, well, then we we see how good you are at managing warehouse. (laughs) And inventory management for any business now is going to be very important. Absolutely. In fact, uh, U.S. economists economists have pointed out that one short-term benefit right now is that there are Significant stockpiles in many U.S. businesses at the moment, and because of the uh, the, the drag down on, on the novel coronavirus, and because so many factories have been shut down, mm-hmm. we could see increased demand for some of these supplies and actually bring down inventory, which might jumpstart manufacturing in the U.S. yet again down the road. Right. But again, it just shows that uh, inventory. Can I just say that I have still to receive my Lenovo uh, laptop, which was supposed to have been here about a week ago? Uh, you can't really blame them. I mean, so, I mean, these 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 the supply chains have been no, cut. No, also. But I hey, mean, you've got so, a lot of listerine. So, so, so I can. Oh, you're so cute. So I can attest to the slowdowns in the supply chains. Now, is this one of um, the early uh, victims of the slowdowns and the uncertainty? Genting Singapore ditching their plan. For Osaka, for that Osaka casino, okay, which their shareholders had greenlit to yeah, buy. So I don't think this is uh, this is it's it's related to the novel coronavirus at the moment. There is a uh, we have to remember that in Japan they are trying to move into the uh, into the integrated resort space and into the gaming space. I think it's also one of the reasons why uh, Singapore has asked the two integrated resorts here and the casinos here to upgrade and to reinvest about four and a half billion Singapore dollars mm-hmm. each. Mm-hmm. It's, it, they, they did cite that yes, we are we are uh, a strong integrated resorts uh, space, 
but we don't want to wait for the, for the likes of Japan to catch up with us. We've got to we've got to head us off at the pass. Sure. So Genting Singapore has been looking at coming into the Japanese space, but there are some complications. Um, for one, J- in Japan at the moment, there are uh, allegations of bribery. Against uh, some of the lawmakers who are who are part of the committee that awards some of these gaming licenses, and it has delayed the decision for this moving forward. And analysts are also split as to what, how much you're going to be able to invest in gaming out in Japan. And it is still a very conservative society when it comes to gaming. Will they actually uh, succeed? In Genting Singapore's case, it's it's worth it's worth it to point out that uh, they are. Pulling out or not going to be betting for the Osaka Integrated Resorts project, but instead they're going to focus on bidding for an integrated resort bid out in Yokohama, Japan instead. Right. So they're actually uh, going into the crowded space, and uh, and they are going to be competing in, against the likes this time of Las Vegas Sands, Melco Resorts Entertainments, Wynn Resorts, pretty much anybody, three of the biggest heavyweights, both in Macau and in Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. And this will basically leave Osaka with just two bids uh, for their particular integrated resorts. In fact, the prefecture said that the only two people bidding for Osaka now are MGM Resorts and Oryx Group, which is a Japanese financial services firm. Um, I think it's just a it's just a matter of assessment, and, and maybe in, in their calculation, they've decided that we're going to have a better shot at, at uh, building a successful integrated resort in Yokohama. Yokohama, just off of Tokyo, also a bigger metropol- sure. metropolis. Perhaps they can tap into uh, more, uh, m- more customers out there, or possibly mm-hmm. more players than, say, Osaka. And this just isn't their calculus. But it's also interesting that they decided to do this just two weeks after the shareholders voted and said, you know what, you can go after some of these integrated resorts bids. And they've just decided today that it's not worth it to go to Osaka and Yokohama might be a better place to build it out. But they're going to have to compete against some of these big wigs. All right. Well, and on that note, don't forget that Money FM 89.3 will be with you all the way through budget preamble into presenting the budget and then examining what that all means for all of us. So stay with us. Right here on Money FM 89.3, this has been Market View with JP Ong and Clarissa Montero. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SBH Radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.